You're listening to Radio Free Termina, the voice of Clock Town and the Deku Town and the Mountain Village and the Zora Cape and the Dead People Zone and Milk Road. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me as ever is my sidekick. Say hello, Zach. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm the part-timer in this equation. I'm the (laughs) part-timer at the station. I don't really care about this. You don't really know what's going on, do you? Yeah. I don't know what any of this stuff is. I got my band. My band's pretty cool. I'd love to hear about your band. Too bad. Today we have to talk about The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And I want to stress, Zach, lest we forget, that the point of this podcast is to cover the whole game of Majora's Mask but to, you know, offer some analysis and, um, you know, have something interesting to say about it on top of just listing everything that's in the game. Because if I don't remind us to do this, then we will just list what is in the game. And when I listen to this podcast later, I'll be like, I already knew all this stuff. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. As I always do in everything. Well, when we were preparing for this podcast, we wrote down some analysis ahead of time, right? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. I think we should go clockwise eh, from the south end of West Clocktown so that we end at the post office, which is the best part. Wait, yeah, no, we wouldn't end. Hang on. Directions in my head. So you want to go clockwise from the south entrance, but then when we end up at the, um, the lottery? Left? Well, clockwise with the center of Clocktown as the point of rotation. So we're going to go up that street until we get to the post office, which is at the extreme end. Okay, so where are we starting? Well, as we enter at the south entrance, the first thing up on our left is the curiosity shop, right? Well... Oh, okay. I see where we're going. Yes, but okay. also, the first thing you should see is the bank. Yeah. Because in the 64 okay, yeah. version, the bank is right there. I thought the bank was a little ways further up. No, it's like the first thing on the right when you enter. Okay, much. so that should be the first thing you that see. That should be the first uh, thing you see, because that's a better location for a bank. Yes, we're in the business district of Clocktown, and it makes sense for the bank to be here. It's cool. I like this. This It's like a sloping set of stairs that go up. And it's much mm. more like, cla- I was going to say claustrophobic, but like in a positive way. What's what's the word it for that? It feels, <laughs> you know, it feels like a back alley. Yeah. Of a bustling town. Uh, in you know, the other areas are more open up and they do a good job. I think having that little, um, I don't know what you call it little flower beds in the middle contributes to making it seem more claustrophobic and And obviously having the stuff overhead, those banners and the awnings. It's got like awnings with like, yeah, yeah. Providing shade as you go up. So it ends up feeling like an interior space on the outside. Yes. It's It's like the market in Agrabah. It's the easiest thing in the world, but I like it. It's good. So the curiosity shop, the curiosity shop is not open during the day. Um, when it opens up at night, there is a guy there whom we recognize. He is the 
Um, <laughs> he was the fishing hole guy in uh, Ocarina of Time. And now he is wearing sunglasses and he's a shady dude who scratches his armpits. He's also kind of the fishing guy in this game, too, in a way that's really funny when we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I forgot. Um, yes. And he is, like, we should talk about his space first, I guess. Uh, it's a cool location. They do a cool thing with the camera where I don't know how they do it. Do they use, like, a different depth of field or something? Or, like, um, angle? angle? My memory of it is you know it's, like a, about? Is, it's like a Resident Evil angle, right? Like it's something that they they play yeah, yeah. before. Where it's like a, it's a static angle, right? Isn't um, it? Or it's not or it's quite like a, a static angle. I think it's a static point of the camera, yeah. and so the camera rotates instead of actually like following you. Okay, okay, that's the camera yeah, is stationary. Yeah, you're on. You, you could imagine that you're on closed circuit TV, <laughs> especially, mm-hmm. especially in in establishments such as this. Yes. Um, so that's a very cool, and the stuff that is filling up the place is very cool. There's an iron knuckle suit of armor in there. Um, what else is there? There's creepy masks, but those are all over the place. Do you have this in no clip? Can you oh, yeah, take I'm us here. on a little there audio tour? There are assortments of pots and rugs and books piled up everywhere. I can't find my mouse on my desk. There is a glass case with a large, like, fish decoration in it. Have you learned to use uh, HJKL on Noclip? HJKL. No. Uh, okay, it might be like H and K are uh, swivel left yeah. and right. And then no, that's, that's working. U and I, had, J I just are... hadn't tried this before yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, there's a sword. It's the life hack that makes Noclip even better. Uh, is it cool sword? It's pretty cool. There's a like, like a metal case with a glass window on it that has, like a carved relief in it that looks like something out of one of the temples, maybe. Neat. I feel uh, like there's supposed to be like a Yoshi in here or something. Uh, there is something here. So then, that's all like on the customer facing area behind, like a what would be a plexiglass window in real life and is like a barbed window here is where the curiosity shop owner sits in his cool chair and does what he does back here. He's got a massive safe, the iron muckle statue and hidden behind some books is Rob. Okay. Our everyone's favorite Mario Kart DS character. No, he's my favorite Smash Brothers character. Oh, he's in that too, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sakurai said, I want to create a robot friend who will be able to drive the plot in the subspace emissary. So And said, also stack Do whatever you want, Masahiro. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So he invented Rob, which is short for Rob64, his favorite character from Star Fox 64. That's right. And now you know. And so... It's a very cool, cramped space with a bunch of junk in it, and it's a pawn shop. It's a pawn shop. Um, 
This dude is in league with thieves. He's in league with Sakon and uh, will carry merchandise that Sakon has stole. And he's also in league with that creepy bird from Termina Field. And if that bird steals something from you, um, that will reappear here eventually. I like the idea of the bird as a character. That's actually really cool. The bird is like smart, which is messed up. And he's friends with this shady guy, which is also messed up. And so... I don't like that bird at all. Uh, he's gross. We're going to get to him in like two weeks. It's yeah. going to be great. It's going to be great. So this place functions, you know, as a pawn shop that presumably people in the town will be able to come and sell things and get money for them. And then other people can buy said things. Yes. Now, you can't buy any of the cool decorations that we're talking about. Of course not. Um, because Link isn't interested in any of that. He's only interested no. in items that can go in his menu. <laughs> yes. He's interested in masks. He's interested in his sword when that gets stolen. And he's interested in uh, the bomb bag if that gets stolen. He's very interested um, in bomb bags. Link loves bomb because, bags. Um, we saw, uh, we talked about in North Clocktown how Sakon can steal the big bomb bag from the bomb shop lady. And so if he does manage to do that, then he comes in with the bomb bag, the big bomb bag, um, like later that night or on the night of the second day. I'm not sure. But you can like see the scene of him trying to offload his stolen goods onto the curiosity shop guy. Yes. And there's a cool conversation um, where... They both come off as jerks. Yep. It's very good. It's actually like, I, I don't, I didn't remember that until the most recent time I played. And that whole scene is amazing because you've got, you know, the owner trying to defend his position as trying to be like a, doing the thing where he's portraying himself as like the middle party that's not culpable in any of this and Sakon kind of taking him to task for it. Mm -hmm. But then the curiosity shop owner, in return, like, dressing down Sakon immediately afterwards as if, like, okay, well, where else are you going to sell this thing? Now I'm giving you half of what I was going to give you. Yes. It's very just, good. It's a very good scummy dudes being scummy at each other content. You love to see it. Yes. Especially in the Zelda game. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of super generic scummy dude dialogue for anywhere else. But because it's like kid in green clothes watching it happen, yeah, you're it in, has a different flavor to it. You're you're in a different story, and then this is happening, and that's cool. You know what? That reminds me of a big point I want to make about this game. And uh, we don't have to get into it right now. I'm going to state it, and then we're going to move on, okay? And mm -hmm. we'll discuss it in more in depth later. Um What's so, like, the stuff that people love so much about Majora's Mask, all of its, let's say all of its, um, it, the, the way it succeeds with tone and story and, you know, connecting emotionally, I think that comes in a huge part from reusing the Ocarina of Time engine and characters. And if you just, if this game came out by itself with no Ocarina of Time as context, then it would not be as creepy or as touching or etc. Okay. 
I'm not going to okay. respond to that because you said to respond to that later. Right. Um, the other thing you can if, buy here. Yes. Is that under certain circumstances, you get a different item for sale the last night in the game, and it's a mask. It's, it's my understanding that if Sakon isn't able to fence the big bomb bag, then either the all-night mask shows up here, or does Sakon actually sell the all-night mask to him here? I think because of the way the mechanics of that specific exchange work, you would not be able to tell you would not be able to get that scene oh huh because the ability to see the scene happening hinges on another thing that we'll talk about later oh okay yeah yeah okay. um yeah so i don't i don't think you would be able to see that but i guess that's the implication that he needed to sell something so he got this mask uh when you say he do you mean the shop owner or sakon sakon i guess we don't know that it was sakon anyways yeah, but. this might be something that Curiosity Shop owner just had. We don't have the information about where the all-night mask comes from. We don't. Um, now, people love to point out, when they're pointing out how dark this game is, that um, the all-night mask is like a torture device. It's like a torture mask. It's like... What's... Yeah. The... I can't think of the word. But yeah, it's like a, it's like a it's like a torture mask. A gossip stone says that uh where does it say this? Uh ba, 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 ba. I don't know. And it shows up um, again in Wind Waker and it looks even more like a uh what's the thing in pulp fiction? A gimp the suit. A gimp mask. Okay. Maybe? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember this in Wind Waker. What are you talking about? I saw it on the Zelda wiki. Oh, it's it's in, famous, it's behind the counter of the Nintendo Gallery. Famous independent wiki, Zelda wiki. Yes. One of my favorite uh, Nintendo independent wikis. I see it now. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell that that's the all-night mask. It kind of doesn't look like it, honestly. Yeah, it looks like a goalie mask. Anyway, this mask is useful for something later. Yes, it's useful for exactly one thing, right? Two, two things, kind of. Two of the same thing. <laughs> Still two things. Uh, this is a good location. I think it's going to be a tough act to follow when we go further up the street. Well, hang on. Two. There's one what? more thing. Oh, boy. Uh, you can sell things to the curiosity oh, shop owner. And I had to look into uh, this. How does that work out? Uh, it's It came up previously. The only items that link can sell this guy the only items that this guy is interested in are things that can be put into bottles sure sure so your your fairies and your potions and specifically your gold dust ah okay which is a high value item to sell he is simply not interested in anything that cannot be stored in a bottle oh, that reminds me he's also not interested in um doing business with people wearing masks which is an odd detail. Um, it's not really necessary at all. Like, usually when I, an NPC says, oh, you need to take that mask off um, before we do this thing, it's because, or like when NPCs in games in general talk like that, it's because there's some technical reason, 
Like, you can't be on a horse while we have this conversation because the camera can't handle you being up on a horse. Something like that, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so, but, like, there, I don't see any reason that this guy refuses to do business with Link wearing a mask, except that, like, it's, it's just a character detail. Yeah. Or it's just, like, figuring into the obsession with masks in Clocktown and kind of painting Man from Curiosity Shop as outside of that culture by being anti-mask. Oh, I didn't even read it as that. I read it oh, as did you read it this as? is purely a like flavor thing of we're in a criminal place doing criminal stuff and if he's going to take the risk to buy your stuff, he wants to know who you are. That's very good. He wants to he does not want you to walk in with a disguise and sell stuff. He's like if I'm going to do a criminal act with you, I want to know who this person is. That's cool. That's how I That's read that. Cool. Um he he's okay with doing business with Zora and Goron Link though, isn't he? No. Why not? Let me see what Does the he say says. something. Okay. Click. If Link oh talks gosh. to him in either his Goron or Zora form, he will tell them not to come back. Ish, you frighten me. I keep special hours for folks like you. Try coming back at half past never. Yeah, just very what a jerk. Distrusting evil guy. Um, very good. Okay. Have we talked about everything here? He we talked about literally with... everything here. Yes. Okay. Uh, he won't do business with Deku Link because you're a little kid. Okay. Go up the street to, what's the name of the other shop? The, the general store? The trading post. Oh, the trading post. And here we have one of the bazaar areas in this game where it's like painted up to look like. The, the walls have, like, a forest scene painted on them with, like, blue sky and trees. The floor is, I want to say, like, dirt with a wooden path built over it like you're out in the swamp. Yeah. And it's on a, there's a bridge that goes over a stream that runs through the business. And you can catch a fish from that stream. It's, like, more of that running water that passes through like several places in yes in the town but but here in like the here. least sensical way yes yeah, leverage here to be part of the scenery for this ridiculous store it's so strange it's not even a ridiculous store it's just a normal store it's the same kind of store that you saw in ocarina of time uh yeah they're selling normal zelda stuff fairies and arrows and stuff um, but he has a tree inside of this building. He 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 managed to put a tree in his shop. That's growing out of the floor. Yeah, in the shop. It's remarkable. It's like I believe that the music here is like the normal Ocarina of Time um, shop music, but it's like a tinny, uh, not exactly Muzak, but like PA version with mm-hmm. like the low end cut out, so it sounds like it's coming over a speaker instead of being non-diegetic um which is a fun touch i don't know it's like it's it's intentionally fake in every possible way um yeah this is and a, the guy who works here yeah i was gonna say this is a real life store this is something you would see in <laughs> yes. the late 90s in a mall somewhere where we, we did the entire mm-hmm. interior to be like really the real outdoors this we is, even have a stream with a, a fish real location that went out of business five years later. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely. Yes. And then that mall goes dead, and there's forever just this weird, like, camping site, dirt floor, river zone, hanging out in the mall. Yep. Getting grosser and grosser. Yep. Forever. Awesome. The guy who works here during the day is, looks like the fishing hole guy from Ocarina of Time. He scratches his armpit, but he's not wearing sunglasses. And he has a head so... hair. He's got more hair. Oh, is that right? Yes, yep. yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but I get the impression that maybe we're supposed to interpret this guy as being the same guy from the Curiosity Shop. What do you think? Uh, I think that the text agrees with you. Uh, I will say <laughs> I never paid enough attention to this specific guy to notice that this was a thing until I was That's re- interesting. Like, reading it just now. Because I, I don't think I ever bought anything from the shop. Like once. No, it's useless. It is a useless shop. It is a vestigial shop left over from Ocarina of Time almost. Yeah. Well, even in Ocarina of Time, there's rarely a reason to like buy arrows. That's right. But they did it then um, out of a sense of like like a Zelda game supposed well, to have a shop. It's, yeah. It's Zelda. It's an RPG. Tradition. I, you gotta have I would a shop. just played um um Link to the Past, right? Yes. And Link to the Past has a bunch of shops that are almost exactly as useless. Like the normal shops in Link to the Past, you don't really need at all, except like to get your first set of bombs from if you don't know where to get free bombs. Yep. Uh, the shop that's actually useful is the potion shop, which is a different case, of course. And it's like, um, it, it's way different than the rest of those ones. Yes. It's its own like um, building. It's not just something you run into in a cave. Right. I guess that means that those shops are also callbacks to Zelda 1 that has a bunch of shops just in random caves. And yes, even and there, the only shops, some of those shops are worth it. I I guess I'm bad enough at Zelda 1 that I, like, my instinct is that I don't want those shops to go away <laughs> because I need, um, but you don't get potions from those shops, do you? I don't. I need the red No, ring. it's a separate shop. Oh, okay. Uh, then, yeah, shops are stupid. But you need it because you're doing the RPG thing. Yes, it's an Wizardry RPG. Wizardry had this, so we must have this. <laughs> I actually don't know if Wizardry has shops in it or not. I don't know anything about Wizardry, actually. But I think... We're getting head... a field from the game. Well, just... I, I can be a field for... A oh, we're more. doing analysis. No, this is good. This is good. Keep oh. talking. I was just going to say that... My my, in my head the touch point for like the RPG that makes RPGs become a thing in Japan is wizardry, but I don't actually know if that's true or if that's just something I've internalized. So I need to look into that more. Okay, Ryan, what do you got? Um, the curiosity shop guy is here during the day, being his alter ego. At night, there's it's it's cool how there's a period from like nine to ten, I think. Where the uh, the shop is closed because they're changing shifts, then you go in at ten, and the guy running the shop is his his name is the part timer. Yeah, I think that's the name given to him by the three D version. Um, this who does rules. the part timer correspond to in Ocarina of Time? He's the guy on the roof in Kakariko Village. Oh yeah, another lazy guy. Um, this is interesting. Zelda Wiki has a bunch of stuff about 
how um because like he is useless he doesn't know what any of the stuff in the store is he is a worthless teen but if you wear different masks he will uh, tell you cool stuff like if you wear the zora mask um he says oh Macau, i'm in a band too um if you wear the stone mask he says i wonder why what is the quote we don't get many customers, so why does the boss have so much money? He can't see you when you're wearing the stone mask, so he's just kind of musing on this to himself. Um, and if you wear the couple's mask, he says, oh, I want to get a girlfriend, find a girlfriend and get married soon, too. And if you wear the postman's hat, he said, I enter to win some concert tickets. Don't you have anything to deliver to me? It's good. So he gets to be kind of interesting, I guess. He's cool. He's much cooler than the other guy. In some ways. <laughs> oh, and then Pierre is here. Oh yeah. Which I don't. Did, how much did we talk about him before? I forget. Not too much. I think we just talked about his function in the first cycle, when you see him in the sewers, um, when you don't have the ocarina. Um, or when you, you just talk to him, he gives you the opportunity to dance to waste time. Yeah. Like when you smoke cigarettes in Deadly Premonition. Um, when you have the ocarina or an instrument, he uh, I forget how exactly this happens because you can get the Scarecrow song in this. Yeah, he will. The, the game first gives you the opportunity to do the Scarecrow so song thing and then. If you say no to that, he will also mention, more importantly, that, hey, that Ocarina, or the, the Song of Time, you should try playing it backwards and playing it at double speed. Or, I guess that's not the, double speed's not the term for that. No. I don't know what you really call it. You double it um, up. Yeah. Uh, if you play it backwards, then that's the Song of Inverted Time, and it doesn't invert time. Whoops! It just slows down time. Yes, which is, is good. Crucial. Yes. Um, if you want to play this game uh, and have fun, you should play it with time slowed down as much as possible until you get good at this game, and then you play it with time going at a normal rate just to provide uh, some challenge. Is it? Is it also? I'm just thinking about that. I think I spent almost every single cycle in the game with song inverted time on does that just speak to the fact that their loops aren't long enough well possibly i think that the loops are short like they they tuned it that way to make it urgent um and to encourage you to like strategize around having to do these loops right um i think that like in general they probably don't expect you to always do, for example, a dungeon in one cycle. So forcing you to have, like, forcing the cycle to be this short means, well, I'm going to make this much progress and then I have to stop. And you have to make decisions about how you stop and that's what makes the game interesting. Uh, the thing is, I don't know if the normal rate of time is different in the 3DS version, but I think that... In the 3DS version, the Song of Inverted Time is changed so that... Uh, 
like it's half time half speed in one version and like a third speed in the other version or it's slowed down by a factor of three whatever that means um they changed the rate at which time changes i'm gonna look that up because i don't know if i believe that because well it's one of the things that they quote unquote correct does for the uh whoever made like the fan translation (laughs) uh what do i mean the fan version of uh the 3ds version that's like well we don't like this this and this we're going to change it back to how it was that's a pretty substantial change so oh yeah so yeah it is in the original n64 video game song of inverted time slows things down by 30 percent and in okay the 3ds remake it's 50 percent Okay, so it slows things down a lot. That's more. even further. That's that's a pretty substantial change, actually. And that makes things a lot easier. A lot less stressful. Yes. And then the song... Now, oh, go ahead. This is one of the points where I want to consider. Did they make this change for the benefit of, like... People who played the original version and said, uh, even with this... Song of Inverted Time, I still don't have enough time in the cycle to do anything. The Song of Double Time should be more effective. Or are they doing it for the benefit of people who have not played the game? Like, they feel like it was a mistake in the first version. Um, Because I think that those are two different design philosophies, which obviously end up with the same exact outcome. Uh, But, like, I can't help thinking... Sorry, I'm probably going to... I may have said this already, and I'm probably going to say it again. One of the markets for a remake is people who love the original, right? Mm -hmm. Those, like, when you put out the Majora's Mask remake, what you're counting on is that people who love this game are going to buy it again. And so when you make changes... On some level, you're making those changes to cater to those people who played the game and liked it before. See, but I think in the case of Majora's Mask 3D, there's enough time between the two versions of the game that... And Nintendo's audience has grown so much in between those two times that, like... You are creating something... And you are selling some, the idea of what is regarded as, like, this, you know, for lack of a better word, like, legendary game. Sure. And so, like, Majora's Mask compared to Ocarina of Time, Ocarina of Time is a game that a lot of people have played. Like, sure. like that, a lot of people have put hands on that game. And when they went and did that remake, they wanted to keep it as identical as possible. But with okay. Majora's Mask, that might be a game that sold really well, but maybe less people actually played. I understand. This is a good angle. And so they felt more licensed to start making changes like that because from the target you know, audience of the 3D remake, from their perspective... Like, that might be, you know, hey, I played a little bit of Majora, but I never got very far. 
it would be cool to actually sit down and play that whole game. And so they said, okay, well, let's make the game for those people that yeah, could be. To give them give, give them a better shot at actually getting through this whole thing if we're going to put the effort into making it. And at the same time, that's better for that's that is a better on ramp to getting people through the game for the oh, yeah. new audience that they have grown in the last whatever 12 years since they made the original whatever it was yes so my answer again to this is is both <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is well, not like, the answer you <laughs> no because i i guess like you can make a case either way i mean you made a convincing case of course but the fact is there was a boardroom where they went over this stuff or maybe not a boardroom maybe just a sad cubicle um where like there is a correct answer somewhere in the universe oh yeah we made this change because of x and i think it would be so cool to find out what that was um but we don't have the developers on this episode cross your fingers i'm, I'm camping outside of grezzo hq right now that's not true that's that's be fake. on our podcast grezzo and then i'm holding up a sign that says please did we talk about everything in the oh yeah i forget oh no called. we didn't talk about song of double time which again oh, sure. song it, of double time it's not actually double time it's just the notes are doubled and that just makes time pass faster which is useful like less useful but still useful now i think uh, song of double time in n64 works basically like the sun song right where it advances to um dawn or dusk yeah it's like very rudimentary compared to ocarina of time 3d where you can like choose the hour majora's mask 3d that's yes that's right okay ocarina of time uh, yeah 3D you can does choose exactly choose what hour. time you want to rush forward to which is completely missing the point in my opinion uh you know again uh, they, they made a lot of changes they chose to change the most. This is the same as my problem with fast travel, but it's fast time travel. Ooh. So, um, good Scarecrow. And, uh, like, the Scarecrow only... song... Oh, it's the same as... does uh, exist in this game. Yeah, it's the same thing from Ocarina of Time. You get to make your own song that summons a Scarecrow. But, like, summoning the Scarecrow is even less useful in Majora's Mask than it is in Ocarina. I think there say? were two useful spots in Majora's Mask. But when you look at it in, in, in Noclip, noclip.website, this podcast is supported by noclip.website, build your website at noclip.website. Oh, God, I wish I could. N-O-C-L-I-P dot W-E-B-S-I-T-E. Um... What was I talking about? Oh, when you look at, at Majora's Mask 3D on Noclip, you can see all these places where apparently the Scarecrow can be summoned. Sure. And there's tons of them that you never th thought of, you never heard about. Um, there's one up on top of a big rock in a kind of valley that's like, why is that even there? It's weird. Yeah. And it's less useful because your movement options in this game are generally better all oh, around, yeah. so you don't need to rely on that so much. Anyway, let's get out of the shop and go to a much but, cooler shop. Oh, yeah. I think up the street is the bomb shop. Yes. Okay. So there's this dude sitting behind the counter at the bomb shop 
who is like a cool, creepy, like pale dude. You're not doing him and justice too, because he like he doesn't just he sit like behind sidles the counter. up to yeah. the counter. Yeah. There's there's an animation as you enter and walk up to the counter where he like himself walks up to the other side of the counter and then just kind of gets up on one leg and like sits on yes. the side of it. It's so good. He's rad. Um, and this place has the bomb bag for you to buy. And if you save that nice old lady, then it has the big bomb bag that she was delivering. Mm-hmm. And it's cheaper here than if you buy this stolen version. Um, you can also buy bombs here. There's also a Goron who will sell powder kegs to a Goron who is trained in the use of powder kegs. Yes. Which and is- you you can buy bomb chew here, right? Uh, question mark. I don't remember. I never use bomb chew in this game either. <laughs> no. Well, except for one spot, which we'll get to. Uh, yeah, ten bomb chew are forty rupees. That's a good deal. It's a pretty good deal. Um, yes. Okay, so in Ocarina of Time. Bamchu are difficult to come by. They're kind of a cool, like, premium, almost secret item um, that if you manage to find some, then you can, like, use them in cool ways. And they're, like, um, limited. There's only so many Bamchus in Ocarina of Time. That's right. You can't just buy them. So uh, in this game, having Bamchu available to, to just purchase is pretty wild. Um, of course, like... They're not really useful enough for me. I guess, like, you could build <laughs> your strategy around them, maybe. You could get really good with Bombchu and just buy a ton of them when you start out and then wreck Terminal with Bombchu. But you have better options, so it usually doesn't come to that. Yeah. Um, I like that the bomb bag is something that you just buy in this game. Yeah, it makes it more like a classic Zelda in that where bombs are just a thing you can get yes it doesn't become um, a progression item. So, well it is it is a progression item but it's one that's easily surmountable here right um i guess i don't really like bombs as a dungeon item because they feel so pedestrian you know what i mean it's it's just such an elemental part of link's tool set that it becomes weird when it's like yeah I need to progress six hours into Skyward Sword before I get bombs. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, I kind of don't even like how they work in Ocarina of Time. Um, but, like, there's no, there's no better option for the uh, dungeon item in Dodongo's Cavern. That's certainly true. Um, but bombs are good. And, like, the thing is, bombs are an elemental part of Zelda World. Um, having them be freely available harkens back to those old games where they were freely available, but they become part of like the economy of this world. This is the bomb shop where like apparently they're important enough in Termina to have a shop devoted to them. And there's like this interchange of bomb technology going on. Uh, so it's like it's like this game mechanic the iconic Zelda thing of bombs is something that the characters actually have a good reason to care about. I like, I like that because like there are, you know, various types of recurring Zelda shops, 
and you can say that like if a shop recurs a lot that means it's probably a very fundamental part of the zelda world so you have potion shops games always Mm -hmm. got potion shops and then bomb shops show up a lot and so it's like those are some very fundamental parts are those the only two examples though uh I could probably come up with more if I thought hard enough about it. And then it becomes like All what right. stretches into a shop and et cetera, et cetera. Sure. But, but um, it's, it's those two are like, you know, fundamental parts of a Zelda inventory, I guess. Definitely. Potions every, are awesome. Every good town needs a bomb shop and a potion shop and a useless, like regular shop. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, in the 3DS version, I don't think this is in the 64 version. Oh, you bet it is. The the GameCube? Oh, not the GameCube. Never mind. That oh, of course it's t- not in the 64 version. <laughs> Good grief, Zach. There's like a big oven, like a stovepipe oven forge furnace thing, and it's done up to look like a GameCube. I did um, not notice this when I was looking. <laughs> with four ports in it, so that's really cool. Um, there's also like crates stacked up all over the place. Um, it's a very messy looking shop and, um, there's a huge bomb. Is that what you thought I was talking about? I thought you were going to talk about, uh, the, the, the bomb shop guys aspirations of traveling. Oh yes. Well, I didn't um, even notice that it's a GameCube. You're totally right. I know. Uh, there are diagrams posted on the walls or maybe those are added in 3ds but yeah um the bomb shop owner has a plan oh yeah he does he is going to use bomb technology to propel a vessel a rocket of sorts up to the moon yes i love it i love it so much it's such a good detail man when you think about (sighs) the thing is how can i put this some games, when they have, like, a central theme, they'll have all the characters refer to that theme somehow. And it can feel... It's easy for it to feel very artificial. Um, Like in Pokemon games, where everyone's talking to you about how cool Pokemon are. As if they were just invented. Oh, I see what you, you know mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. My Pokemon is helping me pound this ground flat. It's a very unrealistic, like... I can ride my Pokemon around. And, like, if people were talking like this in real life, they would be... You'd wonder what was wrong with these people. Um, because Pokemon aren't real. And, like, there's there's similar things. Uh, I wish I had a good example off the top of my head. Of like, just because this is the uh, the the gimmick of the game, everybody's going to be drilling it home for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's done in, here. In this game, the twin themes of masks and the moon, and I guess the triplet theme of the approaching carnival. I think that covers everything. No. Um, <laughs> Because the, there's the other, the quadruplet theme. The masks in the of, carnival are the same, though. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. So that's, the, um, that's the same theme. The, the, the carnival is just an excuse for masks. 
Well, and it's the carnival of time, which matches like that connects with everyone's obsession with time and having clocks in all the houses. And the other thing I was going to say was Skull Kid, um, because everyone is able to mention how Skull Kid has messed up their lives. I think what's going on is the game has so much stuff going on that when everybody is obsessed with, like I say everybody is obsessed with all these things, but no, like there is a plurality of issues and people are interested to different degrees in all the different issues that are going on. I guess that's what makes the game seem real instead of seeming artificial is that it's not a gimmick game where there's exactly one interesting thing for everybody to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In Pokemon, you know, everybody is only going to talk about Pokemon at all times because it's written for children, like little children. And here they have managed to cast off their Nintendo directed chains. I don't know. I think that like, I don't know how you prove that this game was written for a different audience than Pokemon. Not necessarily a different audience exactly, but like, this is like, I don't think it's an issue of what audience you have in mind. I think it's an issue of how much work you put into the world building. I'm thinking, I've been thinking about that rolling around in my head. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Because in Pokemon, you do have the thing where, like, this town has the movie studio, right? And so everybody is talking about that movie studio because, like, go over there and mess with the movie studio. So they do have that, but um, it comes off as being the same because mechanically the only thing going on is Pokemon. Maybe that just has to do with the fact that in a Pokemon game, they need to come up with ten different towns. By by the yeah. very, like, you know, the, the the outline of those games is that you have to have a starter town and then eight towns and then a final place. Mm-hmm. And each one of those has to have something distinct. Where yeah. this game's designed to have much fewer locations and to have those locations maybe a little more intertwined. Well, I think that that decision, though, is part is that's a world building decision to have the different locations care about each other and for it to feel like they're connected um right that's not a mechanical or a um, audience decision okay and like if if in pokemon and i think that later games do a better job of this you had someone saying i can't wait to go to such and such city and do such and such thing that they have in that city that they don't have here um (laughs) Even the first games had that sort of thing, um, but it, it still felt stale <laughs> because it, again, it's all about, it all returns to another word for animals. I can't wait Pokemon to go. Pokemon is another word for animals. Oh. All right. What were you going to say? I don't remember. Okay. Um, we talked enough about this location. Let's go back outside. Step, step, step. Um, 
it's nighttime now. Oh. And there's strange music coming from the little, like, plaza at the top of the street. And there are two ladies dancing. And it's kind of a... <sighs> I, How would I, you describe the mood here? I don't know exactly. There is some very weird music playing uh and it's like there's just kind of you know it's it's at night so you just got like the torch light of yeah. i guess i guess there's somebody whose job it is to go around and light torches at night so people can get around and at no those just come on automatically oh okay we can do that that's fine uh and by torchlight there's two people doing a dance that i tried to look up like you tried to look up what dance it is yeah and that's not a thing that i have even the most remote capacity to <laughs> to search for because like how i no idea that's so far outside of anything that i know that i'm not even yeah, gonna try i guess there's somebody knows it's not unlikely at all that it's a real dance yeah i bet somebody that has a background in dance and knows that stuff could probably look at that and say oh they're doing something that's like this 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 or they could say that isn't like anything that was made up by someone who doesn't know anything about dance. Yeah, or that, which is also an interesting option. Yes. Um, it's interesting. So they are doing a dance, but they are having trouble. Um, well, you don't know that till you like talk to them, right? Well, the because, thing is, oh, go ahead. I'm just now thinking, I don't think that you know that they're having trouble yeah. if you talk to them right here. Because if you talk to them right here, they just tell you to buzz off. Yes. And so it's only when you see them in the daytime somewhere else that you find out that they need help. Right? Because doesn't know anything about dance either. Ah, he's just like me. Um, but I guess we, like, we'll talk about getting Kamaro's mask later. But uh, if you bring Kamaro's mask here, then you can do his dance, which seems to be basically the same dance in my memory. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so that's weird. And, of course, it's set to the same music. That um, It kind of spoils the puzzle of finding out what their problem is at a different time of day because based on the music and the dancing, it's very easy to tell – Oh, like, I have this mask that lets me dance. These people are dancing. Of course, I'm going to put that key in that hole. Square peg, square hole. And that's a thing that comes from the nonlinear nature of the game, where you can run into the solution to the puzzle before you run into the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. And it is possible, and the elements are in the game, for you to, like, reach this in a natural way, where you would find out about their problem, and then I think there's a gossip stone that'll mention Kamaro. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then, like, that could point you towards finding Kamaro and doing that whole thing, so. But it seems unlikely to reach it in that order. No, yeah. Um, But it's cool, and um, there's a very, like, when you do the dance for them, you get this very cool, moody cinematic of them learning the dance from you, and the guard who guards the gate to, out of the west side of the town, is, like, silently watching without turning his head or does he actually turn to watch i don't remember his actions in that cutscene. Uh, uh but like 
that's such a cool detail to bring in this purely functional character and to make him observe what's going on in the world. We should also that. we should also note that the dance itself is one of those like ridiculous like I don't think they did actual mocapping, but like they spent time on the animation of it. Yeah, yeah. In a way that is not present in a lot of there's like certain spots in this game where you can tell that they spent some time animating some things, and this is one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember anything that comes close in Ocarina of Time? Of character animation specifically? No. Yeah. I'm sure there's something. There's, there's like, stuff like, oh my oh, go gosh. <laughs> no, this is a terrible example. When Twin Rova winks at you. Oh, that's a bad animation. <laughs> that's a... Twin Rova is a very cool boss that does not look great in the 64 version. No. Uh, uh, one example I can think no. of that's not in Ocarina of Time is the in the like beta builds of the game, they found a thing where there was a turning around animation Link used to have. Oh, interesting. Complete with like all Gosh. of the problems that you would get from that. Like, like I'm playing Mario 64 yeah, yeah. right now and... Sometimes Mario turns around weird, and it makes it hard to maneuver small platforms. Yes. So imagine having that in Zelda. Uh, no, thank anyway. you. So the the Rosa sisters, those that's who we talked about. The Roses. Oh, do you know their names? Uh, I saw it on the wiki like an hour ago, and I've already forgotten. Their names are Judo and Marilla. When we run into like the whole troop, we should talk about them as a whole. Okay. I want to Before, say, I'm not sure that you get their first names in the original. Maybe you do, but it's possible that those first names were added for the 3D version. I guess we'll find out. I suppose. Maybe. Um, so that's cool. That's a great scene. Before we go into our next uh, establishment, do we want to just real quick touch on something that I that I said we should touch upon next time we saw a guard? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. I forgot. You better introduce it because I forget the right way to introduce this. So on a previous episode, we talked about how the guards stationed at each exit to Clock Town will not let Deku Link out of the town because they perceive him as a child. And it's like, well, no, you can't just wander off and determine a field on your own. You need your parents. Go find your parents. Yeah. And they will do this regardless of how doomed Clock Town is. Even in the face of, like, immediate danger, yes. they will prevent yes. you from leaving. I now, like characters. when you are transformed into either Deku, or sorry, uh, Zora Link or Goron Link, you are you know, taking on the guise of an adult. Those are adult. Yeah. Those were adult guys before they were adult ghosts and then adult masks. <laughs> and um, yeah, the guard will not try and stop you at all. Right. Uh, and if they say, if you talk to them, then they're just like, oh, are you going to head out this way? They're, the Great Bay is this way. Yeah. Or whatever. And so you, these characters that are perceived as adults are just given free reign to just go for it. It's fine. But yes. then the interesting one is that when you are regular Hylian Link, you will get the same thing where the guard pivots back and forth 
noisily to get in your way to prevent you from going out to terminal terminal field because he at first perceives you as a child right but yeah. upon closer inspection he'll see that you got a big old sword strapped to you and mm-hmm. will say oh i'm sorry sir uh please continue yeah yeah and so um, that ends up being playing into the themes of like age and maturity that we talked age, about maturity and identity in general yeah um and link as as he exists without a mask ends up being in this in-between state where he's not really a kid but not really an adult and depending depending on mode can be either which is great the the face between your beneath your mask is that your true face is that a like a philosophical question well, that's one of the things that the kids asks at on the moon at the end. Oh, do they? I don't know if I'm quoting correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like when they ask that at the end of the game, I think that I mean sometimes with these uh, <laughs> these Japanese games, they get all philosophical at the end. I think they're just doing it for fun. But I think that uh, this game is asking, like, do you have a real identity way at the bottom or are you just whatever face you're wearing at the moment? Yeah. So this is a theme theme and it's good with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for a pretty good game. Yeah. All right. We should get inside. Um, Okay. Do you want to go across the street? I want to go into the, lottery hall oh okay we can do that lottery zone yeah i it's gonna be really quick because this place is boring yeah there's a there's a lottery that you can play in clock town there's like an unseen person behind a little ticket booth that'll yeah let you pick a five digit code and then i think it's a three digit code three digit code five the other thing's five digits yeah uh and you can come back at night and see if you picked the right number, and if you pick the right number, you get fifty rupees. And uh, there's there's three days, so there's three winning numbers to pick, but they're the same when you reset time, so you can cheat. You can write down the numbers and win the lottery all the time. It actually puts it on your uh, bomber's notebook. Yeah, in the, I'm not sure if that's in the bomber's notebook in the original. Because this guy is too boring. Or no, is there a heart piece for getting? No, there's not. There's not. No, there's nothing. That's the thing. There's Um, no. I know that there's not because I hundred percented this game and I did not care enough about this boring quote unquote quest. They put it in the quest log so that if you wanted to hundred percent the game according to the 3ds version standards, you have to do this. But I said it's not worth it. It's so inconvenient. I have such better things to do all the time in this world than cheating at the lottery. Even if I want money, there's way better ways to get money. It seemed like it should have been a thing that you got all three days and then the like rotating like booth that the ticket dispenser person is hiding behind like opens up and then inside is like syrup the witch or something. (laughs) maybe um yeah i think they they may have considered that and they found out that it was too tedious anyway yep 
because it's not very fun to buy lottery tickets. Yeah. Okay, next establishment. Okay. We're going to go back across the way to the Swordsman School. Ooh. Um, I want to look up, uh, because there's Hylian text on a bunch of these buildings, and uh, the Swordsman School says something above the door. And hopefully it's translated. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. It says in Hylian, in Japanese, Sword Dojo. That's a pretty apt descriptor of what's going on here. Ken Dojo. Uh, yeah, and you can go in there and you can uh, meet the sword guy, who I'm not um, very confident about his anatomy. I don't remember. He's just got a big head with hair. He has so much hair that it's covering most of his face. And, like, I'm not sure where his mouth is. Oh, I can see it. It's underneath his big mustache. Let's see. Yeah, he's got... He's oh, got... yeah, when I look at the, the image on the wiki, it's high-res enough that I can see his... his he looks like his a nose beetle. and his lip. Um, yeah, he looks like when the beetles were hanging out with the Maharishi Mahashioki. Yeah. Uh, he's got his hair pulled yeah. up in a bun, and the hair's all around him like a big cape. Yep. And he is a master swordsman and will instruct you on how to do sword stuff if you forgot. Uh, which is <laughs> if you're not a seasoned Zelda. Um, oh my gosh. Zelda Wiki has a table for his response to every mask. Are people that are into Zelda called Zelders? No, people who play Zelda Zelda are Zelders. Ooh, okay. I like this. And like so your your level of skill in Zelda is how good a Zelda you are. I, this is activating neurons in my brain. This is great. Yeah. Um uh let's see if there's anything good he says about the uh masks. This reminds me of writing parser interactive fiction where if you have a game where you're like giving items to people uh, for for example, a trading quest, a trading sequence, then you're going to want to have a response from every character for every item so that they can say, no, that's not the right thing. Um, in like in an interesting or at least amusing way, you know? Yeah. Um, but like when you write like that, I think that you end up in... <laughs> A certain headspace. There's like a style of writing, I think, uh, that emerges when you have to do this kind of tedious version of writing uh, where I was just looking at one of my games with a trading sequence in it and a lot of tables of what everybody will say in response to every item. And eventually you get kind of punchy and you have people say goofy stuff or you get kind of lazy and you have people say boring stuff. And so if you come to the swordsman wearing the postman's hat, he says, ah, you always do a wonderful job delivering the mail. Yeah. If you wear the mask of sense, he says, I am not stinky. I take a bath at least once a month. Which is a lazy joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they can't They can't all be winners. No, that's right. There's 24 masks, right? Or how many masks? That's are so many implementations. That's funny right. ridiculous i like i don't envy the 
person who had to write all this. I mean, they probably took it upon themselves, right? Uh, like, Clocktown is is very well, like, some developers completely over-implemented area absolutely. in a lot of ways. I'm not sure that every character has a table like this with a cool thing to say in response to every single mask. No, because they did it once and it was bad. <laughs> Anyway. Um, but some, I think more than one person does. Anyway, this is a cool character. Um, he gives you a heart piece if you do the um, training mission where you just do a jump slash on every single log, which is boring. Well, no, I whatever. like that. Because yeah. he, there's two courses. One course, he just explains the different types of sword swings you have, right? Okay. In a way that is a little more direct than Ocarina of Time, whatever was about it. And then the other course is like, here's the expert course. Here's a bunch of logs. You have to use your most powerful attack. And he won't tell you necessarily it's the jump slash, but it's the jump slash. And then if you take out any of the logs without using a jump slash, he gets mad. He's like, no, you don't understand. I'm trying to teach you what Ah. your most powerful attack is. No, that is good. I'm sorry I doubted you. It's very like. I was so unfair. He has one thing he can teach you and that's it. And that's all he does, except he also will brag about how he's not scared of the moon. Rumors are spreading, which suggests the moon is falling. But you can breathe easier as long as I am in town. Tonight, I shall cut the moon into pieces. If one does not have such skill, he cannot teach the way of the sword to others. If you wish to be as powerful as I am, then I shall teach you until nighttime. Um, And then, like, like, before midnight on the night of the third day... He says that he's, like, focusing his spirit to get ready to slice the moon in half. Yeah. But then after midnight, uh, he kicks you out, but you can go right back in. You can climb up onto his platform, um, which is really cool because, like, under normal circumstances, you can't walk up there because it's, like, NPC shopkeeper area. Yes. Like, you just can't get up there because you're the player character but after nighttime or sorry after midnight the rules of video game are suspended and you can climb up to where an npc goes and you can chop his wooden sign to pieces and you can go into his back room and find him sniffling there like a coward and crying about how he doesn't want to get moon stomped yeah it's great is very good. It's it's cool that the characters in this game are aware of the catastrophe that's happening. Yes. And have yes. opinions and fears about this. It's it's mm-hmm. really good. It's very good. I think this is actually a pretty good game. Turns out. With a capital P. There rhymes with T. And that stands for the next room we're going to go to is the post office how long is this episode an hour nine well we can get into we, we can we can hit the critical points here okay the post office um, the is very design cute. of the inside of the post office is awesome there's like a map of clock town there's like stickers all over the map um kind of the way that i will put like little tabbies on stuff on my wall if i if I'm working on a game and like I have the map of the game up and I put little tabbies to remind me of what to do in what part of the game. So I can really relate to the postman here. Um, and like his bed is just right there in the middle of his office. 
um, the there's also like a a little closet where he changes, I guess. Yo, um, not not I guess it's we see that later. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can um, see him change. It's great. Awesome. He the postman is an awesome character. Yes. And he ends up like <laughs> he becomes an iconic Zelda character as the postman in future games, even though he is the doppelganger of the guy who runs in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So as just running guy, he doesn't have much of a legacy unless you pull off Don Pianta's mask in Mario Sunshine. Is it Don Pianta? No, Il Piantissimo. Um, yes. But um, as the... Don Sailor game. Yes, I know. <laughs> We're going to need to make a wiki of this episode to cover all the nonsense we're talking about. Yes. Um, He is a cool character. He's obsessed with sticking to his schedule, uh, which makes him similar to someone in Alice in Wonderland. Sometimes, like, the thing is, you have to actually learn his schedule to make progress. And you can read his schedule off the wall, and he talks about when he's doing practice. You need to come here when he's doing practice to play his mini game, where he tries to count to exactly 10 seconds. Right? Yes. He's got, like, his, his time in the middle of the day, right? I think so, yeah. And he will... It's literally just that. It's literally... He says, yeah, I try and practice counting to 10 seconds and be perfectly accurate with that. You should try it out. And so and you, you do, do and maybe you're good at this, but you're probably not. It's hard to hit the button, and, and there's no margin of error, like right. There's a is it down to a tenth of a second or a hundredth of a second? Very it, the the counting the place only goes to the hundreds, and the margin of error is like I think like half a second. Oh okay. Or I mean sorry, okay. like it's no less than that. I forget. It's it's very oh. very slim margin of error. Um, so if you do this without cheating, then you're screwed. Not necessarily. So the first time I played the game, I did it without cheating. Ooh. And then. Fancy Dan. I was able to just, just off of counting in my head to get it, uh, pretty quickly. I remember the first time I was very impressed. Well, this most recent time I cheated, but not the way the game intends you to cheat. Did you have like your actual stopwatch set up? I got an actual like well on my phone but yeah i used a i used a timer on my phone and did it that way that seems really inconvenient well because it wouldn't be an exact sync with the game not necessarily but like i know i can watch it count okay. and then it, it's it's fine i had a system wow um no the cool way to do this is to cheat the game the way the game intends you to cheat by wearing the bunny hood because when you have the bunny hood, the timer stays on the screen the whole time. This is um, super common knowledge now, right? It Like, for me, it's just automatically what I do with this game. Uh-huh. But, like, if you can imagine the state where no one knows about this game, that's such a cool little secret that the bunny hood somehow gives you this magic power to know how much time has passed. And, like, the... There's some sort of hint where the postman talks about, like, he wishes he had magical ears or something like that. I forget what the line is. Yeah. But, um, oh, gosh, I love this. The post office is cool. It's super cool. The postman's cool. He does other stuff. Um, Do we want to get into it? 
Probably not right now. We could probably okay. do it later. All right. Yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff. Um, let's go outside of the post office. Look around. Is there anything we missed? I don't think so. Huh. Not okay. in this part. Not in this part of Clock Town. Then I guess we need to go across town to the rest of town and talk about the stuff over there. Yeah. 